We are going in now, okay? Welcome to Primetime Kansas City. Um, Chiefs lost, yes. It is a sad day. It was a sad night. I've been thinking about that for the past couple days. It's going to be a sad fucking offseason full of cold bullshit. If that's you know what? It's going to be a sad regular season next year, too. I think I'm this gonna is going to be one of the best podcast episodes. Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be one of the most painful ones. Adult, um, I'll tell you uh, what. Adult viewership is advice. Yes. Yeah, if you can't uh, tell that already. Yeah. Um, listen, John wasn't here when the D Ford incident happened. So this is really the first time we've had a podcast that the Chiefs have been eliminated. Um, and wow. let me tell you something. Shit, that is true. I let me tell you something. Here. I fucking was so afraid of Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl this year. And literally, I, of course, wanted the Chiefs to win. But I wanted Tom Brady to lose more than I wanted the Chiefs to win. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of feel the same way. It's fucking brutal. Year in and year out, you have to hear his toxic fan base blab their fucking mouths about a guy who is so fucking unathletic. It's unbelievable. I saw a picture like of him next to Serena Williams, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps. And like, who's the best athlete in this picture? He's by far the worst athlete in that picture. The fucker is slower than Billy Butler. Come the fuck on. That dude, did he make one impressive throw that entire game? No. Not in my opinion. Not in my opinion, personally. I mean, I think the refs. They're gonna did. say that they're gonna say that bomb to Gronk was some crazy connection. The refs or whatever. did toss it like thirty yards. So that was pretty impressive. The longest passing play they had all game was a pass interference on Mike Evans, which was a fucking incidental tripping, and the ball wasn't catchable. Second of all, when he threw the ball to uh, was it Evans again? I don't remember, but it's ten feet out of the back of the fucking end zone, and they call Matthew for pass interference when that ball could not have been caught by fucking Slenderman. Nobody Look, has long you, enough arms minute, to catch that ball. Minute dicking bull could have been standing at the furthermost part of the end zone, and he would not have been able to reach high enough to catch no. that ball. It literally hit off the back wall. Like, it was so shit. John, I, I just cannot understand. Like, if you hate someone more than Tom Brady, I'm sorry for you. Because yeah, I, I have a couple people I hate more than Tom Brady. Is Aaron Rodgers still on that list? No. God, okay. no. God, okay. no. They're John, both but Chiefs you still think this is worse And one than... of them's a Clippers player. You think this is worse than D Ford? I think this is much worse than D Ford. Um, because, for one, D Ford, while they did go on to win, it's not like it directly gave Tom Brady a ring. Um, so that's no, one he pretty big much part did. Kind of did. I mean, I mean that was did, the worst. Like, I mean, the, the only time, thing standing in his way at, at that point was Jared fucking Goff. It was I mean, points. I think everyone kind of thought the Rams were solid that year, and Listen. no one thought they were going to put up three damn points in the, in the Super Bowl. Well, that, too. Um, Tom Brady in his last two Super Bowls, his defense is not allowed a touchdown. How the fuck? I know I'm a hater of this guy, and well, I'll gladly admit he... that. And I know that I have said on this podcast time in and time out that he's a lucky motherfucker. But there's not a quarterback in the history of football that could play eight straight quarterback, eight straight quarters in the Super Bowl versus the top scoring offense both years in the Rams and the Chiefs, and to have their defense not allow one fucking touchdown that is unbelievable that's a roger goodell dick sucking shit if you ask me there's no way this dude had his lips pierced around that fiery satan cock while he was born and just fucking is a satanic bitch now there's no way you know i want to say this for all like 10 people that are going to hear this if your takeaway from that game was that tom brady is a better court you know what not even that if your takeaway from that game is that Tom Brady is a comparable quarterback to Patrick Mahomes? Yes. You're retarded. Tom just, Brady did nothing. Just and go Patrick ahead and stop watching football. Oh, Slit your oh, eyeballs no. out. Yeah. Whatever. You should never turn the TV on again because no. you know what the hell you're talking about. You, should, you about. should have to forfeit everything you own. Like that. You want to know, you wanna know who's, who, who had that takeaway? Who? Everyone's favorite, Stephen A. Smith. Goes on. This is the biggest proof anyone ever needs to know that Patrick Mahomes is not on the same tier as Tom Brady. Are you kidding me right now? Did you see the things that Pat? I'll be honest, and I know this is weird. I I honestly think this is one of Patrick Mahomes' most insane games he's <laughs> yeah. ever had. No, that's been a take I, that's been going on on Twitter. No, it was his. It was the most impressive game I've ever witnessed by any quarterback ever. And I know I'm gonna be told that I'm just being a Chiefs idiot and all of this. No. That was absolutely mental. If you cannot watch this guy who is getting surgery tomorrow on his foot, who rolls out, he goes, just think of the play. He drops back like 15 yards, 
yeah. runs like forever and then dives freaking baseball style, chucks it sidearm right off a guy's helmet standing in the end zone and he misses it. Like, how are you going to blame that on Patrick Mahomes? Hmm? He, yeah. he literally, every his his receivers were not open at all. Ever. It took him so long to get open. He was in the regular season. Like, Mahomes was averaging like 2.8 yards per throw for yeah, release he, on throw, and it was like close to four. This he Sunday. had nothing. No quarterback has ever had less control over a game than Patrick Mahomes had in that Super Bowl. Because I'm telling you, if he did have control, the Chiefs would have won by a million. Because he was playing his heart out. Like honestly, and I know I'm gonna be told I'm I'm too hard of a Mahomes dick sucker. Like that performance. Just the things he was doing, like the the amount of just like heart and everything about it was it was some Michael Jordan type crap. Like it didn't end up in a win, it, but it was mental. It Absolutely was like Jordan. Mental. Listen to this. Listen to this. First, the Chiefs had sixty nine total offensive plays. Mahomes on average ran for about seven yards per play. Yeah, I'll tell you what. This. I don't think it kills any chances, and I don't think it prevents it from happening. But Eric Bieniemy's job stock went down because not only Reed, but him as well, made no fucking adjustment at all. Okay, in fairness, let me say this: What adjustment are you gonna make to fix what was going on out yeah, there? Yeah, you is there one? I mean, that offensive line. What are you gonna do? Go sign. Like I've seen people blame like Reed for not having a great game game plan. You could have merged. Belichick's mind, Reed's mind, freaking who else is a great NFL coach? Vince Lombardi's mind. You could have <laughs> merged them the all Bowl. together, put them, put yeah. them all into one super mega brain, and it would not have been a different result when they are stuck with that offensive line. Like, yeah, I agree. If if we would have seen how bad they were going to be going into this game, nobody would have picked the Chiefs. Yeah. Everyone was just operating on the assumption of I mean, yeah, he might not have as much time to throw, but, like, yeah. he can still get it done. No. You, like, a quarter into that game, you can see what's going on. No quarterback ever could overcome that. And no. Mahomes did the best job at trying to do it. And to be honest, he did enough to get his team into the game, but he got screwed by a lot of things, like players dropping passes, um, Bad refereeing, very bad officiating. We don't want to blame the officials, but they were ass. Worst yeah. officiating I've seen in a long time. Carl um, Shepard hates the Chiefs, by the way. Yeah. If you go back and look at the games he's done this year, he has absolutely fucked us. Yeah, he and did. like the the Chiefs on average have like four more penalties than their season average every time that he's their ref or some crap yeah. like that. Like, good God in heaven. Look, biggest takeaway, I'm gonna stop talking. If after that game you said, oh, there's no way Mahomes can be the GOAT, you should just go and jump in to a pool of snakes or some shit like that because you are a yeah. complete idiot. Mahomes, literally, that game made me more sure that he's the GOAT. And I know that maybe you don't say that after someone loses a Super Bowl, but holy crap, no quarterback in NFL history could have done the stuff he was doing. Even though he didn't score a touchdown, it was out of, it was out of control. Like, oh my God. Ah, Is there one offensive lineman on the Chiefs that was playing in that game that you would even consider average? Because to me, there's no fucking way. Okay, I'll say Austin Ryder was solid. He did allow no sacks this whole year. I will say Austin Ryder was good. (laughs) I'll give him. I saw Andrew Wiley was talking shit. Some one of the Buccaneers players said, "How can you be so bad and talk shit?" That's literally like Ben Neiman talking shit. Like you don't just shut the fuck up. You aren't good. You are terrible. You're getting your franchise quarterback killed. Just eat a dick. God, I don't want to see Mike Rimmers back here ever again. I don't want to see Wiley back here okay, again. Okay, no, no, no. Let me, can we, can we give, I'm going to give, I know that he shouldn't have been talking shit or whatever, but Wiley had never played a game at tackle for the Chiefs. And then the game he has to play tackle at the Chiefs, he has to line up against the best pass rush in the NFL in the Super Bowl. Like, I'll give him a, I'll give him a pass. Because he was solid at right guard for the most for most of the season. But there was only two players on the Chiefs that I honestly thought played to their max capacity, and that was Mahomes and Harrison Bucker. Other than that, I mean, Charles else, Kelsey did have 133 yards receiving, but even he had a drop, and he, he had a drop. Yeah. No, I'll still give him credit. He was he was he good. Was, he was good. I mean, what are you supposed to do, Fucking man? Rob Gronkowski. How the fuck is he always going to get the Chiefs? I. Mean, 
I don't know, man. How is he like shit all year? The Both of these runs. seasons. He had three. And he plays us. He had three He's like catches a in the postseason. Sloth. It's unbelievable. Then he has six receptions for sixty-seven yards and two touchdowns. And I can't fucking say enough how fucking frustrating it is that they can never get close to Brady. This is a defensive line that makes up between Chris Jones and Frank Clark alone two hundred fucking million dollars, and they sacked him one time, one time, one fucking time. Now Mahomes now Mahomes only got sacked three times. So you look at the box score, you say it's not a big difference. But Brady was pressured like maybe three or four times. Mahomes was pressured like 40 fucking times. It was unbelievable. And there's some dumbasses saying he should be like Brady and climb in the pocket instead of avoiding it. You can't climb in a pocket that doesn't fucking exist because Vita Vea's dick is waiting for you the second you step forward. There's no fucking chance. It's impossible. Yeah, he's only – I know. Oh, my God. And everyone's like – if I saw people talking about how – the, the Buccaneers defense was playing so well because Tom Brady, like, what? How is that a thing? I don't yeah. understand how that opinion Nobody exists. Nobody would ever say that. No one would ever no say that about any other No one would ever say that about Mahomes, Rodgers, Joe Montana, John Elway. No one would ever say that. But people are so delusional. Oh, there's that. There's Brady. that. There's that shit. He wills his team. He's he a motivator. Yeah. He He's a fucking blah, blah, blah. No, get get, get the fuck out of here with that. That dude is one of the luckiest son of a bitches. He leaves the number one defense in the NFL and then just inherits another fucking, like, I don't give a shit if they were ranked, like, seventh through the regular season. That fucking was the best defense in the NFL. And they were the best matchup for the Chiefs in the state that they were in. Like, if you could pick a team to destroy the Chiefs with that horrible offensive line, it would be the Bucs. I think we would have had a shot against most other teams because they wouldn't have just blown up the pocket. But the Bucks? No way. Like, we were never going to stop them. Just look at what happened in week 12. We were holding them fine. It was not an issue. Because we had actual offensive linemen. I, I can't believe it. But but in that week, did they lose that week because Brady didn't will the defense good enough or something? Oh, no. no. That, that, that week was the, the defense's fault. The narrative that was, was, oh, the Bucks started slow. They'll be fine. You know, it's just... The fact that yeah. I'm sorry, I'm I'm running in a circle here. The bottom line is, going? if it's you fine. think fine. this Super Bowl is because Tom Brady is anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes in skill, you are dead. If wrong. you switch them teams, Patrick Mahomes is getting sacked. Or excuse me, uh, Tom Brady. If you switch is, the teams, it is a sixty to zero blowout. Not only that, but if you switch the teams between Mahomes and Brady, Brady is getting sacked fifteen times, and it's not going to fucking be close. If he had to deal with the pass rush that Patrick Mahomes had to deal with. I don't think he completes five passes. He would have been fucked. He can't move. And that's the thing. The fucker has never had to move. He has never endured an offensive line as bad as Pat Mahomes endured on Sunday. In fact, nobody, I don't know if anybody in the fucking history of the NFL has endured something like that. Not that in the was Super Bowl. A, not in the Super Bowl. That was fucking horrible. I mean, oh my God. They gave him, I I, I just can't even believe it. I I knew that they were undermanned and, you know, that they didn't have Kels or they didn't have uh, Fisher or Schwartz. But I was like, eh, you know, maybe they'll give up some more pressures. Maybe it'll be tougher to run the ball, blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't even fucking that. These guys were just terrible. I mean, they, it was literally like they weren't trying. It was almost as if they were like, okay, yep, here, here's 100 under the table. Let Tampa get to the quarterback. It was fucking bad. It was, yeah. No, it was worst. And I know I keep bringing up the stat. 57% of the time Mahomes was pressured, which is the most in Super Bowl history by far. I I saw the second highest is in like the 30, 30% range. So, yeah, he's the only one to even come close to breaking 50%, and he did it by 7%. Like, oh, my God. I, 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 I cannot believe how retarded people are. Like, I, I didn't even live through the last four years of this godforsaken country, and they still do not – they still don't amaze me how dumb they can be. Like, oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. But you want to know? All right. We're going to move into cuts of the week because I got three of them. They're oh, one boy. on each one on each side. Cuts um, of the week. Starting <laughs> with the defense. Frank Clark, get out of here. I hate you. I hate him. <laughs> he I had one good drive. He had, he had that one play where he waited a sec and he hit Ronald Jones or – Whoever it was, I think it was Scott. He, he got he got one end around and then yeah. he got a stack on back to back plays, and then after that, zero oh, pressures. Yeah. Frank, we can't pay you twenty mil a year 
and for you going to disappear up. for all all but one quarter of the AFC championship. That's literally all you gave us this year, man. Like, unacceptably bad. Just pathetic. And he still acts like he's some elite player. Hell no. You gotta earn your stripes again. I have no respect for you. Um, that that's my take on him. He he's just you you gotta do better. You have to get to the quarterback. Who's like, player number two? Player number two on the offensive end. Anybody want to take a guess? Ooh. Eric Sammy Watkins? No, neither of them. It's Meikle Hardman. I want him <laughs> gone. He should pack his bags and get out. He has done more to hurt the Chiefs in the playoffs than anyone else in the past two years. He's given away 11 points. Glad That's you specified that. Ford. Like, I, I, I can't believe it. That John, you cannot say so Deep Ford is – or McCall Hardman's worse than Deep Ford. Yeah, yeah maybe 11 points. Maybe 11 points, but D Ford took away a Super Bowl. Oh, you, and, and if Michael Hardman stays on side, who knows what happens? We got we another tragic on sides. We go into halftime with a, what, a 10 to 6 game, probably? 10 to 6, getting the ball? Anything yeah. could have happened then. But instead, it's freaking 22 or 21, whatever it is. Just. Just garbage. To six. But and all then, his playoff and then, contributions. And then I think teams. I know. I think I know the special teams guy that needs to go. Yeah, yeah. The the my my worst take in sports history. Chiefs best <laughs> playoff signing or offseason signing. How I've never seen an athlete shit their pants harder. <laughs> all you have to do is punt the ball. He he delivers a shit punt. Is this dude's then name he, not even worth worthy? No, I'm not even gonna say who it is. Number five. He's dead. Number we need five. to just we need to just pull Cole Quit up from the practice squad. Let him come back. I'll pay yep. him whatever because he never say what you want about him. Us complaining about him kicking 43 yard punts every time. He would never have done what that clown did. He shanks a punt, fumbles a punt. Yep. Gets away with it and then shakes a punt. Like, <laughs> I, I, I. And if you that. noticed on the field goals, he held laces for Butker to kick at least once. Dude, he needs to get off the team. Well, if we're gonna, gonna do cut of the here. weeks, if that's if that's the thing we get to do, then I, I would love to join the fucking. Yeah, yeah cut well, by somebody. By the time we get to the regular season, the whole team will be cut. No, cut I'm just, it's just it's just three individual guys starting on offense. Mike Remmers, I know we technically can't cut you because you're a free agent, but you've got to get the fuck out of here, man. You were terrible in your last Super Bowl you played in with Carolina. You let Von Miller dick on Cam Newton. Okay, and then this well, Super Bowl. Von Miller's Von Miller. Well, fuck. And can you do something? You're an offensive lineman. Uh, dude was fucking atrocious, terrible. Uh, get the fuck out. Number two, defensively, Ben Neiman. Get the fuck out. Um, yeah. They just got run it. down your throat. You add nothing to the team, basically. Um, you can't cover anyone, but 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 to be fair, no linebacker can. I mean, Wilson looked lost, Hitchens looked lost. They all do. Um, and then special teams, I, I'm just gonna stick with them. Tommy Townsend, God uh, damn it, Jackson, you fuck. What? You don't say number five's name. Oh fuck. Well, he. Yeah. Fine. John doesn't. God I will. It. Fuck that guy. Fucking piece of shit. Drop the ball. And if it's Sucks. not gonna be him, Antonio fucking Hamilton lining up offsides. No, what it was me, Cole, that lined up offsides. Antonio was onside. Dumbass. Didn't they call on Antonio? They called it yeah. on Antonio. Jackson, I literally sent you the image. I literally sent you the image of what it looked like. Cole. Yeah. And, and, well, and well, offsides were the board. And you want to know something? A certain idiot who runs the biggest Chiefs fan account on Instagram. Sam Collinsworth. Fuck it, I'll drop yeah. his name. You know what you want to know what he said? The day after he made a post. About how Antonio Hamilton wasn't offsides and how it was such a bad call. It was like, like no shit. You fucking Bitch. idiot. <laughs> like, how are you so stupid? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't him that was offsides. Like, oh my God. The, these people, there's there's idiot Chiefs fans, there's idiot other fans, and all of them came out this week and just annoyed the hell out of and me. And then you have Sam and, Collinsworth. They have Sam, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. God. I, I I just can't I this this is why I hate this more than D Ford and the one thing about the D Ford game is people didn't get too too crazy on the Brady's Brady's better than Mahomes narrative people right. didn't people didn't drink that Kool Aid people drank the hell out of that Kool Aid this week and like it's just. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna freak out. I'm gonna explode because. Hey, hey I, we can we can I, talk about a winner on the Super Bowl. Who? What? It's not the Bucks. It's not the Bucks. Who? It is the streaker that went streaking. 
That's right. And supposedly Guys. bet $50,000 on himself. I fucking called this shit. I brought this bet up last week. I don't know if you guys remember. You did. You did. Supposedly, nothing's confirmed. Uh, I don't know the streaker's name, but he put $50,000 on himself to streak at plus 750 odds. That is like the... He's a genius. I mean, he outsmarted The bitches. one thing that he's not a genius for is telling people about yeah, it. Because that's just shut the extremely up. illegal. Like, yeah. he should have just said he was drunk. Like, yeah. if he, he actually did that, that money should have not going to go into up. his account. Okay, yeah. but... They're probably not going to give him Let's money. say he didn't. Let's say he doesn't talk. Then that dude would have won $375,000. He had just to get bailed out 1000 like, yeah, and be... you know that his friend also ran on to distract Like him. they knew they weren't going to be able to actually get to the field itself. Yeah. So he had his friend jump in before him to distract everyone, and then he ran on. That is that is some next level shit. I got to give him credit right there. Yeah, like, and it, yeah, that, him and his there, homies. There's some brains that. behind the dumbasses of America. Oh yeah, I mean shit. My not, not, is, not much. Why but just some. fifty thousand? Like, what were you worried you weren't going to be able to get onto the field? Like, yeah, that maybe. dude was getting on the field your, somehow, some way. It didn't it's matter. Not like that was, it, take out a loan. Like, yeah, I, it's not like I, they rehearsed that ever though. So I understand being a little cautious. Maybe I, would, I don't know. But at the same time, like plus seven fifty, you could have like, you could have gone into lifelong retirement mode if you wanted to. You know, say you're starting up a small business or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I know some other shit, John. What's that? You're mad at Frank Clark, and I agree with you. And I think Chris Jones is a better football player than him, hands down. But in nine fucking playoff games, Chris Jones has zero sacks. Yeah. And, okay, the one thing I will say about Chris, though, is, like, you can tell he's still making a difference. He is. He is. In fact, he's probably creating the sacks for Frank. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give, like, the, the sacks that Frank's getting. Are probably more, sex more created by Chris Jones. No, Frank deserves no sex for a while. He needs yeah, Frank, to fucking. Frank doesn't need any. Uh, Frank's probably chain. been a virgin his whole life anyway. <laughs> no, I don't know about the that. way he, he only fucks sharks. I mean, he has a kid. But he probably fucks sharks. Oh man, <laughs> that's oh, what he smells. This game is in the water. blood in the water. No, that's just your girl's pussy. There's just nothing you can fucking pinpoint specifically other than the Chiefs offensive line was fucking brutal. And when I talk about girl, I mean the shark. Also, one thing I want to say, and I know this might be unpopular, the defense didn't play bad. Like, with how much they got screwed by penalties. Yeah, they got fucked over big time. And Reed's There were two pass interferences that cost us. Bro, don't get me started on the Reed fucking timeouts. I was screaming. Under two minutes, coach, bro. Like I was screaming. We need to just let Patrick call the timeouts. And like, you know what's crazy? What are you doing? You know what's crazy? I think it was Eric Bien me that was telling him to do it. Dude, I understand the risk, and I like I liked calling the first timeout. But when it went to third and inches or like third yeah. and one, yeah. Why did you call that? Like yeah. they were content with putting to what? They were content with kneeling it out. Just yeah. be fine with that. And you, you get, get the, the ball, ball the second half possession. Yeah, I know. Look, you know what's crazy? So many things. You know what's this crazy? This is stupid. If we would have gotten that ball back, and if we didn't have a good punt return, I bet you we kneel. Uh, Pro- yeah, probably. They we probably were. The ball with you know, the funny thing else. is, the fucking hilarious things is people actually bet, or not bet, but like people like coaches and teams will actually literally just call the timeouts for a chance to block a fucking punt. Like, what are the odds of that shit? Because if they re- if they feel it, it's just like, okay, we'll kneel. What? Why? Yeah, like, why what, would you not happen like a shot? Like, once you every, like, risk it for the freaking biscuit. Why not keep going? Yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. It's like if you're at the fifty and there's one second left, and the team like just fucking throw that shit up on fourth down. Yeah, but God, it, it made no fucking sense. All right, it, all right. Look, Chiefs. Time management yeah, was it's terrible. Sad. We're twenty five minutes into that. I think we need to uh, go to an interview. Let's cut to it. Uh, so yeah, this is gonna be a recap. This is gonna be the end of the uh the year. It's hard. It's hard to close this book. I don't want to close it. But Chiefs, we'll see you in September. But yeah. now we're going Actually, to an interview we'll be in with July at fucking hey, St. Joe. If there's if they're allowing fans, we will be at training camp. No hell Ryan no. Fitzpatrick I'm not going jerseys. to no damn training camp. <laughs> no, you're going I'm to fucking training camp. John, I'm you're going. You're going in your fucking. I, John, you're going, going in your Fitzpatrick no, jersey. I have bitch. clicked unsubscribe on. Well, too oh, bad. It was John. a yearly subscription. You don't get to quit now. No. Nope. So. I'm, dude. I'm hey, telling you. No, All right, guys, we're going to the interview. Guys, guys, when we go to when we go to training camps, we win Super Bowls. Dude, 
we're do you want to win the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl this next year or not? It is Answer over the for question. the Chiefs. This, Answer the, the Mahomes has won his only career Super Bowl. John, I'll, I'll mark John, it down. John, do you want to answer the fucking Super Bowl? What? 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 Do you want what, to what, win what? the Super Bowl? Do I want to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. No, I'm not going to answer because you're going to go, we have to go to Chester for you to do it. Yeah, I want to win a Super Bowl, but the Chiefs aren't going to win it this year because we wanted to give Frank Clark freaking and Chris Jones a jillion dollars. So we're going to have a shit o line again. Okay. The same exact thing. I, I have to happen. bring something up. I'm sorry. I know we want to cut to this interview, but PFF just posted the dumbest fucking thing. They said Mahomes average times to throw weeks one through the conference championship, 2.86 seconds. The Super Bowl, 3.5 on the podcast. And they're saying because of that, someone says, yeah, it's Patrick's own line's fault. Two years in a row, Mahomes hasn't showed up for the biggest game of the season. The reason that fucking number is higher is because he fucking ran around like a yeah. chicken with his head cut off. Right. Yeah, every and freaking now, play, he now, was sprinting. And now we will go to our interview with Jesse Newell. Uh, That's be, actually a pretty good one. Yeah, it, it's it was a good. good. It's a calm interview if you yeah. want to calm the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. there's no. I, and you won't believe it, but it was recorded like 20 minutes before we filmed this. So <laughs> <laughs> we've we really amped it up. Yeah, yeah. We, we amp up shit for you guys. For all 10 of you, as John. Well, no, we got 17, so we appreciate all 17 of you. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys on the other side of this interview. All right, now we welcome on a uh, important guest, special guest. It is uh, Kansas basketball and football beat writer, uh, Jesse Newell. Jesse, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so another thing you do, you're an AP voter, and uh, you have an interesting strategy when it comes to AP voting. Can you kind of explain that to the people listening? Sure. Yeah. No, um, I've been doing the AP poll vote for a few years now and I've been a guy, I think most people that follow me online or social media or follow what I've done for a while now would know I'm, I'm pretty into the numbers. <laughs> My dad was a math teacher going up. Um, I always kind of, that was something I was always drawn to, but in doing this kind of over time, I've, I've developed sort of my own method for doing this which takes a look at a lot of the advanced rankings and the ones that um, use predictive metrics. Now, I, you know, there's a lot of talk about what the AP poll should be. And I think obviously out of the 64 poll voters, most people don't do the things the way that I do them. But um, to me, it kind of breaks down into two categories. We're either talking about the best teams or the most deserving teams. And so when I'm talking about most deserving, I'm talking about resume and, you know, what are your top wins and what have you accomplished over the course of the season? Kind of the mostly the stuff that, uh, that the committee looks at when they're trying to put teams in the tournament, but then there's also best teams. So like, Hey, if you're ranking the best cars of all time, if just give me your top five list of something, that, that's kind of what I think of when I think of best. And I think that these analytics measures like Ken Palm, Bart Torvik, Sagarin, they are better at sort of predicting what the, Las Vegas line would be for two teams that are going to play each other. So a lot of what I do is I look into those numbers. I try to figure out who the best teams are, kind of how Vegas would rank them if they were going to head to head and kind of how I would rank them uh, if I was trying to determine the best teams. So obviously that's put teams in, in weird spots every single year. If you go back, um, there's been controversies every year with uh, kind of who I've voted high and ranked low, uh, whatever the case may be. But the biggest one, obviously, this year is Missouri, and they are the outlier of all outliers this year when it comes to the the math and the numbers. And I know that gets me almost nowhere because uh, everybody has, has made it pretty clear to me that I'm a KU grad and I, that I've, I write for KU. So um, everything seems pretty clear in that way. But I can promise you this is a numbers thing, and Missouri is having a very strange season that kind of puts them on an outlier compared to every other school out there. Yeah, I mean, when you kind of look at this, I don't know. Do you know the website College Poll Tracker? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well aware, yes. <laughs> and you're the uh, least are you the least voted uh, AP poll voter by 170 votes? Yeah, that's because, I mean, okay, well, I mean, I can tell you why that is. I mean, so, so tell me who the number one uh, poll voter is for this week. It is Dave Matter. Okay, okay, so let's put these together, guys. So I don't know who, who made this who, website, to be honest. I didn't, if it's a Missouri no, person, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not a Missouri person that made it, but anybody can go on there. Anybody can vote up or down vote, and obviously um, my ranking of Missouri Tigers is making a lot of people mad. So the people have gone on there, they have clicked the down vote for me, and they have in turn gone on and seen Dave Matter, who they respect and like, and they click the upvote for him. So the negative votes on there are a bunch of very passionate Missouri fans, and uh, that's that's a credit to them. They've done a good job of turning out the vote there. So yeah, we um no, I got it. Uh, yeah, you said that 
we talked about how the Mizzou fans kind of brigaded you, but before we get super into your method, I want to know, have you had like another, another AP poll voter or like a colleague of any sort? Like, I don't want to say criticize you, but like kind of, kind of question your methods because it's, it's really interesting. I didn't really know that like you're kind of allowed to make your own criteria. So are there any like idealists on the more deserving side of that, that spectrum you talked about that take issue with your polling? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the number one guy is uh, Gary Parrish from CBS Sports. He did his poll attacks. He used to do it. He doesn't do it this year anymore, but he used to do it. And I was uh, I was probably the, the champion of that column because I was on there more than anybody else. Um, just because, again, it was sort of a difference of opinion. Gary does his top 25 and one every single day. He knows how challenging it is to do that sort of thing, but he likes to blend both. I mean, he's a guy that, if you listen to his podcast, he cites Ken Palm a whole lot, but yet he does like to lean into some of the resume stuff and say, hey, what have you accomplished? And kind of try to blend the two. Um, so, But it's funny because he did that to me. Uh, he, he included me in one of his poll attacks columns for ranking Auburn too high. And it literally was the week before Auburn went on to win either 11 or 12 games in a row and make the final four that very same year. So it's funny how these things sometimes turn out because, again, sometimes what I'm being criticized for is basically either overrating in air quotes or underrating teams uh, based off what they've accomplished so far. But yet, if you look forward with it, a lot of times that's kind of what these advanced measures are telling us is that. Uh, while it's great, it's great for Missouri to win these close games. It's great for them to have all these resume building wins. It's great for them to to get themselves in a position where they're probably going to be a two or a three seed in the NCAA tournament if things stand as, as they do now. It's not great in the fact that um, you know you look at the the numbers side of it from the predictive rankings and it says, ooh, you know that they've been pretty good in close games and that might not always hold up. You know that they've they haven't blown out some teams you'd figure that they would blow out and so. Um, again, it, it's great for Missouri. And if listen, if you can pick one, if you're a Missouri fan, if you can pick one, if you would rather impress the NCAA selection committee to get a good seed or one random AP poll voter out of 64, you're picking the right person and hit people to impress by by building up your resume. But again, um, it's just a different way of looking th at things and trying to figure out um, if we were trying to put these two teams together head to head in a neutral court. Uh, what would the Vegas line be on that? And and again, for Missouri right now, because uh, b because they haven't had some of the same um, victories that that other teams have had out there, then their numbers don't look quite as good. When it comes down to how you say that Missouri is kind of a an odd case this year and how they've won a lot of close games, is there a historical team since you've been ranking that you could compare to this year's Missouri team and the fact that? They're pretty high ranked, but they're winning close games and the numbers kind of don't align with the record. Well, I mean, you could probably go back on my Twitter mentions to a lot of these people that it, it's it's happened before. I mean, this it seems like an outlier sort of thing, but but these sort of numbers um, where the predictive numbers like them, but the resume or the predictive numbers don't like them, but the resume does. Um, it does happen over time. You know, I can think of Marquette a couple years ago was an example um, that, that had that. Uh, you know, there's been... K State was a recent example, and obviously that went <laughs> you really just well. Pissed off one of our people. <laughs> yeah, that that that, that went really well in my uh, in my mentions as well. But again, the same sort of thing. Um, Arizona State, like two consecutive years, had it happen. Um, you know, again, it's all in the Twitter mentions if people want to go search for it. But Arizona State actually beat Kansas, and then I was the only person that didn't rank Arizona State that next week. It was a huge uproar, and then Arizona State went on to to lose a bunch of games in a row. Then, and they weren't ranked. Uh, in the top 25 at the end of the year. So, yeah, it's it's rare, though. I mean, uh, honestly, Missouri has kind of held on here a lot longer than teams usually do uh, when it comes to the big-time victories that they've gotten and sort of impressing uh, on a week-to-week -week basis. And, and usually it kind of straightens out a little bit before this, but um, it, it still is indicating something. You know what I mean? Like, um, just as an example, you know, you look at what Missouri's done, obviously the huge wins – uh, that they have this year, you know, the Tennessee, Illinois, uh, but, you know, n needing overtime to beat TCU, that sort yep. of game. I mean, that's well, that's the kind of mm -hmm. ones that are really going to ding them like in the advanced metrics, you know. So, so that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And not only that, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, the, watching part of the Alabama game the other day, when Missouri got up by 20, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, if Missouri wins this game by 20, 25 points, they're going to shoot up all these advanced metrics because they're going to love what they've done for those people that don't know, the advanced metrics, what they do, they don't look at teams based off of 
only your 15 or 16 games and wins and losses. They -hmm. look at every single possession and how you fare. So basically, if Missouri, when they're up 20 or 25 on Alabama, which is, you know, top 10 team in the nation, if they finish off that win and, and, and win by 20, well, they're not going to be hated by the advanced rankings very much longer. You know what I mean? Those advanced rankings are going to shoot them up. But then what happened is, is what's happened a lot of these games uh, for Missouri this year, which is they built these huge leads, kind of let teams get back into it, but then held on for the victory. Again, that's great for the resume. It's not as great for trying to predict how that team is going to do moving forward. So, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. And again, um, you know, that this has happened before over the years and then and, and things have turned out a certain way. But but. Uh, again, if, if I said it before, if, if you could pick one or the other, you'd rather have a two seed or a three seed in the NCAA tournament. You'd rather win these close games. And, you know, I'm speaking as a guy who's covered Bill Self, and he's been kind of the master of winning close games. So sometimes there is a little bit of a skill to be able to do that. So we'll see moving forward. But, um, and, and also with kind of, I think the Vegas lines sort of indicate the same thing I'm talking about. This game against Ole Miss coming up on Wednesday, I haven't seen a line for it yet, but I would assume that. Missouri's going to be about a one or two point favorite, so it, it's still an right it's, it, oh yeah, it's still an indication whatever that number is that um, Missouri isn't being treated in yep. gambling circles, betting circles as what we would expect a normal top ten team to be uh, considered. Believe it or not, Missouri's actually a one and a half point underdog. Yeah, and so that's kind of, that's exactly the point I, I'm trying to make here. So if I'm trying to rank teams and say, hey, if we're pitting these two teams up on a neutral floor head-to-head, who who are the top 25 teams? Uh, that, that's sort of exactly what I'm speaking to. Now, again, reasonable minds can disagree about what we should do here. And obviously, many, many reasonable minds have disagreed with me on, on how to rank teams and kind of what measures should be used. But if I am going to look at best teams, and I and I have studied this enough to know that these rankings, the ones I use, I use a, a wide variety of them. I mean, for example, Bart Torvik's rankings like Missouri a lot more than the other ones do. So I, I take his into account to make sure I'm not missing some outliers here because um, his rankings really do like what the Tigers have done a lot better than some of the other ones out there. But um, yeah, but but that's kind of the indication I'm talking about here. So a top 10 team going on the road and facing an unranked team like Ole Miss, you would expect that team to still be favored. I, yeah. I think that's kind of an indication of, of why those advanced numbers aren't really lining up and as a result, why betting lines aren't lining up with Missouri, at least not quite yet. Yeah, and I feel like the factor of us just being Missouri and we know we're going to fuck something up is just – I think that also puts account into something. Let's say Missouri does close out the Bama game like they should have by 20. Where would you – would you put this team above 21 or higher? Well, I mean – I don't know yeah. I don't know if you realize what I'm asking, but if you would put Missouri at 21 or higher, they would be ninth in the nation. I, it doesn't matter. I was just like <laughs> – I'm just wondering. <laughs> like, this is not even a shot at you. I'm just wondering because, you know, single-digit ranking is pretty nice, and we're not going to see it for a long time after this year. I know. It's it's sort of funny how this all works out because you're talking about that, and um, it's, it's, again, the same thing. It's like, it's like, what does all this matter? It's one voter out of 64. It's, it's, but, I, I listen, I understand why there would be frustration on that side of it, just because, um, <laughs> I, I mean, you sort of said it, like the circumstances here, like it's important right now on this wave for Missouri to to get ranked as high as possible, you know, to, to get national respect, to, to, to bring in recruits, to, yes. to all those sorts of things. And so um, they've been kind of riding the wave here. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're looking at this season and they're what, I think they're five and zero in games decided by five or less, Probably. Um, <laughs> you know, that the, game, the yep. game that they've lost, they've lost by uh, a lot um, in, in those games. So even if it, there's a little bit of how long is this thing going to last? You sort of want to have it all come together in a high ranking. Now, listen, what's the difference between ninth and 10th? There is not. I, I was know. just wondering. I, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> but to answer your question, I think the advanced rankings would have liked him quite a bit more. Um, probably bumped him up. And I don't know. I mean, would they have been 21st? Probably would have been close to that. But it's a different way of viewing it. I get that. No, most, no, people, you're good. most people are looking at this and saying, win or loss, win or loss, win or loss. And, and I think there's a little bit more nuance we can draw from that, which is like, hey, we all can agree that if Missouri would have finished that off and won by 20. That would have been more impressive than winning the way they did and winning by three. So it's just a different way of looking at things. And uh, again, I know a lot of people disagree with it, but um, it's the way I've stuck to. And actually, it, it is really consistent across the board if you look at all the other teams that are ranked because uh, that's the way I do it. And so the, kind of the goal is to make sure that I'm not treating any team differently, yeah, even I mean, though I know that's not something that uh, it, it, 
a lot of Missouri fans would think right now. Yeah, I think something that it, I think we all agree on. Uh, you have Baylor as number one. I would put Baylor number one right now too. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I would, yeah, I, don't I just think moved it's on. Close. I disagree. Oof. If I have to be the outlier here. All right, Jesse, think... you're going to represent us, and Jackson can represent himself. You can pull in all the stats <laughs> and stuff. Jackson, we'll just say Gonzaga just beats people good. So. I mean, listen, I understand the consensus that Gonzaga plays a lot of poor competition. I mean, they haven't played anyone good since 2021 has begun. But, I mean, there's still something to be said at the beginning of the year. They beat Kansas when they were sixth. They beat West Virginia when they were 11th. They beat Iowa when they were third. I mean, it's a damn good team in Gonzaga. I just feel like Baylor's really good. I think it's like 1A, 1B right now. But I, I would prefer Gonzaga right now. Well, here's what I love about these advanced rankings, too, because I hear that a lot, too. Like, Gonzaga, nobody can ever take them seriously because they play that bad competition. But it, it seems like there should be a happy medium there because I always make this example. Like, if you put LeBron James on your local high school team, he's still LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, he's still the best basketball player in the world. It doesn't matter if he's facing, you know, I, I don't know, what, whatever, the uh, Bishop Miege or whatever, or um, pick random worse school than Bishop Miege because obviously they're pretty good. But – uh, he's still LeBron James. And so what these advanced rankings do is they basically tell us, hey, if Gonzaga is playing these bad teams, but whipping all of them and beating them all by 40 points, 50 points, 60 points, they could be a really good team. However, in other years, maybe they're playing the same schedule and they're beating these teams by eight points or 10 points or six points. It sort of allows you to, again, have some of that nuance where it's not like every single year you take Gonzaga and you throw them in this bin and say, well, they play in the WCC. We don't know if they're any good because we'll never know. Well, actually, mm -hmm. over time, we can tell if, if these teams beat bad teams really badly, then they're really good. And so um, that's kind of what these numbers allow us more to do. It'll take a deeper dive than even the record. And so as far as Gonzaga goes, I mean, you're right. That's the two top teams and everybody else. I think I'm among a lot of people that hopes that hopefully that can be the national championship game because those two teams have kind of deserved yeah. it over the course of the entire season. But yeah. I've flip-flopped them. I started with Baylor, then I moved to Gonzaga, then I went back to Baylor, then I went back to Gonzaga, and then this week I went back to Baylor. So I think that indicates to you that, hey – um, by using this method and seeing how these teams perform every week and comparing them against each other, not only are they really close, but again, it allows us to kind of dig a little bit deeper into how they're doing to the point where I'm not just using inertia to say, well, I started with Baylor and they haven't lost. I'm going to stick with Baylor. It's really gauging these teams on a week-to-week -week basis and saying, hey, this team performed really well here and they moved a little bit higher and, and I can go ahead and bump them up and, and allows a little bit more deeper discussion than uh, maybe what might be out there otherwise. I was going to ask a question based on, I know the advanced metrics favor teams, obviously, that can win big and consistently win big. But is there anything out there, is there anything to be said about teams that are able to win close doing well in the tournament? Because when you get to that tournament, there has been teams that consistently just blow people out. They get in a close game. They haven't been there before. And that's what somewhat, up, somewhat optimistic I am about Mizzou is that if they get in a close game in the tournament, they've been there a thousand times this season. They and have that they'll, experience. They have experience. Is there anything to be said about that? Uh, so, again, I'm, I cover Kansas, which Bill Self has the best close game record of any coach out there, and it's not even mm. close. So uh, to say that there is nothing to that I think would be wrong. He actually was asked about that earlier this year because KU did the same sort of thing. I was ranking KU about five spots lower than any other pollster out there because they were doing the same thing. They were winning their close games and getting blown out in the games that they lost. Um, so I had them lower than everybody else, but – when he was asked about that, he sort of said he's heard it both ways. You know what I mean? Like he wants his teams to be in close games, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of the old adage. The best way to win a close game is to not even play a close game. And um, for Kansas, they were playing in every close game. And at some point, and this is hard, I think, for a lot of people uh, to kind of wrap their heads around. And, and it's just true, though. Like at some point, you don't completely control your own destiny in a close game. Sometimes the ball, you know, hits off your foot and goes out of bounds and there's a bad call and the official gives it to the other team. Sometimes they call the foul on a block shot. Sometimes they don't. Um, so I, I think that would be where I would caution against making too much of it. And the big example I can think of was 2016 Kansas. Uh, they had this amazing streak in close games, just kept winning, 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 winning. And it was kind of the, the theme of the season. Look, they had a good team. They had a top five team most of the season anyway, but they came down, they played Villanova, they got in that close game. It was the same sort of thing, and that that happened. I mean, Devontae Graham came up, he dove for loose ball. Uh, the official called a foul on him. It was his fifth foul, he was out of the game, and 
and KU didn't recover, and, and they lost the game in, in a close one when they had won all those earlier in the season. So can there be something to be said for it? Yeah, I think there can be, and I think there can be confidence gained from, hey, you've been in this spot. You know how to be in this spot. You're not going to panic in this spot when you know maybe another team would have been all blowouts the entire season. But again, I would caution against making too much of it because sometimes – the bad part about close games is sometimes things go out of your control. Sometimes a guy makes a crazy shot. Sometimes a bad officials call happens. And so that's the position you don't want to be in when your season's on the line. And uh, that that's why if, if I'm a guy like Conzo Martin, I, I would absolutely embrace the top 10 ranking. I would send it to every recruit I have. But yep. if I'm talking with my coaching staff, I'm looking at these other numbers. I'm looking at the predictive numbers and saying, hey, look, guys, we got to get some things in shape here because otherwise – we're going to be an underdog to our second round opponent, no matter who it is. So that that's kind of the balance I think you have to look at here um, and, and the balance that kind of takes place. And again, can it be good for the close games? Yes. Uh, is it something you would want to rely upon or bank upon, especially in a one and done tournament? Uh, I don't necessarily think so. I think you'd rather just find ways to improve your ceiling. Who would you say is the national champion right now? What What's the team that could kind of make a run? Well, uh, you know, we talked about Gonzaga Baylor. I just, I think they're, they against anybody else, I think is they're a five point, six point favorite against anybody else in the field uh, when they're not playing each other. So, I mean, obviously they're on the top, but I mean, if you're looking for a little bit of a dark horse, we just talked about, you know, Iowa being a little bit underrated because of the losses that they've racked up. I think I would immediately go to Illinois. That's another team where they had a rough stretch for a while. It looked like, oh, you know, is this team lost? And then uh, recently they've just, They've been on a run, man. You know, they they beat Iowa. They uh, beat Indiana. They beat Wisconsin, Wisconsin by 15. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's a team, I think, that, you know, you look at the record and you say, ah, that's not too impressive. And then you look at the team and what they've accomplished and uh, the pieces and you say, uh, that, that that team could definitely make a run if, if you look uh, down the run in the NCAA tournament. But it is so weird this year because I feel like other years – it's a little bit more wide open, if you will, or if it's not wide open, it's usually one team that's kind of dominant. And and this year, it's just two. It, it really is. It's Gonzaga and Baylor. And uh, if those teams don't make it to the championship game and meet each other, there will be a, a pretty major upset along the way. All right. Does anyone else have a question? <laughs> I do. I was going to ask, okay. um, which team do you think has given? Which team do you think has the best opportunity to upset Baylor or Gonzaga, respectively? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, for for the ones I just mentioned, I mean, I, it seems like there's kind of a, a tier two in that middle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think any of those other teams are I, – I would probably put Michigan next, and I think that's who I had third in my poll, and obviously they're on a little bit of a, a, a hiatus here. Um, so it's tough to know how that's all going to – how that's all going to pan out. But, you know, there's, there's probably a group there where you look at them and you say, I mean, could they – put things together and, and beat a team like a Baylor or Gonzaga on a certain day. Yeah. I mean, they'd be a six or seven point underdog, but you know, crazy things have happened. I mean, I'd throw Houston in there and Houston has a, a former KU player who's, who's playing really well and Quentin Grimes who's transferred there. And obviously Kelvin Sampson who's had success. Ohio state's another big 10 team that really has, um, has emerged lately and been good. And uh, I mean, Alabama's a good win for Missouri for a reason. Um, they've been good this year. Uh, and obviously can get hot with their three-point shooting. I love what Nate Oates does with kind of having those guys let it fly. Villanova, Jay Wright, you really can't count him out in uh, in Final Four type settings. And then, um, you know, we've seen the best and the worst of Tennessee. I mean, they're super <laughs> athletic, and obviously Missouri saw the best and the worst of Tennessee yeah. in those two games as well. Yeah. So uh, Kansas saw the best of Tennessee, super athletic, and if they're making shots, they're really difficult to go against. Um, yeah, a couple others, I mean, you know, Virginia, you just never know. They're, they're kind of changed up their style this year offensively. And then, um, to me, Texas Tech, uh, they're kind of like Kansas in this moment where it, just in the short term, the last month, teams have just hit threes like crazy against them, and you just don't figure it's going to continue. So they're a team with a, a coach that's recently made a national championship. So you kind of lump all those teams together, but um, I agree with you know what we were talking earlier, the 1A, 1B. I mean, I hope personally that Gonzaga and Baylor make the national I championship game. so because, does America. Uh, yeah, th those two teams have just been deserving all year. And because that game got postponed earlier the year, it kind of feels like we missed out. So yep. it'd be great to have that thing cap out with, with the two teams that are clearly the best in the nation so far. All right, we're going to end I got there. one more. Oh. I got one more. Okay. I got one more. Sorry. Since we since we brought him on, I want to I wanna ask about your, your main uh, expertise, which is KU, who have had a rough year. 
uh, just give me your your little diagnosis of them because they're they're very you know out of sorts. This isn't I've never seen a KU team like this in my life. Um, so yeah, I just kind of want to hear your general thoughts with the state of them right now. Yeah. Um, so Kansas was preseason top five, and they obviously lost to Von Dots and Yudoka Azubuki. And I think the main reason they're still top five is sort of the blanket statement that you give Bill Self enough talent, he'll figure it out by the end of the year. And you figure that most teams that Bill Self has by January, February start to get better. This team just hasn't hit that, you know, and especially on the offensive end, they've struggled. Uh, Marcus Garrett is a great defender, but probably playing out of position as a point guard. And Katie doesn't have any other ball handlers besides him. Dave McCormick was, you know, going to step into that big man role, but he's not very efficient. <laughs> he struggles to make layups a lot of the time. And he's been a lot better lately in big foul play, but earlier on, he really was costing Kansas. He was turning it over and just uh, fading away on shots. Just not, not as efficient as KU is used to its, it's post players being, and then they've got some nice pieces and like Christian Brown and Ochai Abaji, but, but those guys, it's tough for them to create shots for themselves. They like need, they need a, a Kate Cunningham type from Oklahoma state or somebody to kind of go in there and, and, you know, get in the lane and then kick it out to them. It's, it's harder for them to be sort of primary uh, ball handlers. And then you add that too. I mean, I, I just mentioned Texas tech KU for the course of the last four or five weeks has had teams shoot 42% from three against them. So uh, that thing is probably going to cool down and that makes the defense look a lot worse than it is, but it was part of this five loss out of seven game stretch for Kansas, which as you mentioned, it, it's not something that happens around these parts very often and ended KU's 231 straight weeks in the AP poll. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a mismatch right now for Kansas and Bill Self is kind of playing with different lineups and different things he can do and tinkering. And that's not, very commonplace at this point in the season, but uh, I think the good news for them is that their defense should tick up later, and uh, like I said, McCormick is becoming better as the season's gone along, so we'll see where they end up, but yeah, if they become like a 5 or a 6 or a 7 seed, that won't be something that many fans will be used to around these parts. Alright, now I think that's going to end it for the college basketball part. Uh, for every guest that we have on, new guests, we ask them one uh, question at the end, and uh, for certain reasons, we have to say this is a simulation, and this probably won't happen in real life. This this won't. Definitely it won't. It, won't. it will definitely not. But this should be interesting to hear your take. Um, who do you think will win in a recess fight? One Conor McGregor or 30-10-year-olds? <laughs> uh, one Conor oh, McGregor or 30-10-year-olds? Yeah, and it's at recess, so any well, any rules go. Any punch goes. Oh, uh. I'll take Connor. God oh my goodness! Yes. I'll take Connor. Connor. It's yes. been Connor's trained the Reese in the past. Like I don't know what's been going on. It started off with the 30 10 year olds, but now everyone's just picking Connor. Yeah, because I, it's Connor McGregor. Yeah, but it's I mean, thirty he, kids. He'd he'd have no mercy either. Yeah, exactly. I know, but neither uh, were the kids. I mean, if you get him in the nuts. Yeah, say, so, hey, I'm, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here, but. You know, it's it's sort of like it's kind of like the cartoons or the the shows. And again, I'm I'm probably older than you guys, so I, I apologize. But like the like like the Power Rangers show growing up, they had like the putty crew coming at them, and there would be like 50 of them, but it didn't matter. And like the Power Rangers, you just I was like it was just killing like two minutes of, of TV time. You know, they just throw those guys to the side. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I guess Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, same sort of thing. Like, oh, these ninja fighters are coming up to them. No, they just snatch them within like you know 20 seconds or whatever. So I'm I'm just kind of envisioning that in my head with Connor or uh, yeah, we, with McGregor, just like hey, we just kind of he's just kind of throw those them all to the side you know there's not enough of them i right. totally I concur it. with I that respect it. Fair uh, point. Fair jesse point. uh we really appreciate this interview we're, i'm not gonna lie we we're all really just interested to see on why you didn't rank mizzou or for like the, pretty much the whole season but this interview was pretty good i i, I really you kind of changed my viewpoint on the yeah you kind of you kind of changed me me too a little bit i gotta give you credit so, i came in i came in more suspicious than i left i still so. expect mizzou to be ranked number one in your poll next week but let's <laughs> and you can just put that's neither here nor there time kansas hey, city ap poll vote. As long as you guys can just slip that $100 to uh, Ken Pomeroy and see what he can do for you, then, uh, you know, I'll follow right live. <laughs> That's all it Perfect. takes, man. That's all we got to do. Say less. All right, Jesse, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything you want to say? No, no, thanks for having me. Um, I'm, I'm glad to, uh, that you guys contacted me, and I'm glad to be able to explain this. And, yeah, ho hopefully uh, at least a few people out there can, uh, can listen in and uh, at least understand what I do. 
can it's fine to disagree with it. Trust me, I know reasonable minds can disagree on how to rank teams, but uh, I at least like to explain this, and hopefully people have a little bit deeper understanding of of why this is happening. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, no problem. All right, thank you. All, all right, right, what can we bitch about be- now? What, John? What can we bitch about now? We need to keep going. We need to get it all out. Baseballs this is a are more heavy. Oh, shut the hell up about baseball. Okay, one thing I want to say about that is the Royals didn't have a sustainable growth in home runs yeah, from when they had awesome the juice the balls. Like, they just admitted to juice balls in the Royals' home run hitting only, like, went up, like, one season. Like, that was the year that so hit This the is shit awesome out. for the Royals. No, it was 2017, which is the year oh, that we were trying to hit dingers. Remember? We were like, oh, let's sign oh. Brandon Moss. Yeah, Brandon Moss. God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I remember thinking Brandon Moss was going to be cold, and he was complete shit. Well, when you're trying to replace Kendrys Morales with a fucking 35-year-old unathletic white dude, then yeah. I mean, in fairness, we replaced like a 38-year-old unathletic Latino dude with that's a 35-year-old That's true, but that fucking unathletic, unathletic Latino dude hit bombs, so. Yeah, that's the difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, one just fucking grounded, one other struck out, grounded out, or hit a fucking home. No, run. grounded the into the Listen, shift every time. This helps the Royals. Because Why? All these teams, are, it's going to be harder to hit a home run, but that's not the Royals' way of winning. Okay. Yeah, also, I think, I think given our stadium layout, it's yeah, just like, better if I it's harder it's to like hit dingers. a good thing for the Royals. Yeah, like, I well, think John, you want to keep the yard. John, you want to keep venting. I I know you're pissed about them keeping the second the runner on second to start oh, extra innings. Fuck that. I fuck Rob Manfred. So- John, what was you saying last year? Like Rob Manfred is like Osama bin Laden. Oh yeah, Rob Manfred's like Osama bin Laden, and Roger Goodell's like Jesus Christ. No, I thought it was Adam Silver. No, I said Roger Goodell's like Jesus Christ. Just just make a comparison about how much Manfred sucks. Yeah, like yeah, Manfred is still continues. Like, bitch, who the fuck wants to see seven innings? The seven inning double headers are fucking stupid as well. And I don't like that rule. Extra innings, like this is a no ten you tournament on a Sunday morning where you need to get the noon game in. No, this is fucking MLB. I have not you. I'm talking just in general. Um, I have a proposal that could make this fucking fair. If you get to the 14th inning or later, then implement that rule. Or even just like the 12th inning, you go through the. You know how bullshit it is to fucking start with a guy on second. They pinch run him with someone like fucking Prime Gerard Dyson or Terrence Gore. They're on third with nobody out. You hit a fucking medium fly ball and you have the lead. What? I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, maybe, but it's just bullshit in general, especially for pitching staffs like the Royals have had in the past that fucking don't typically get a one, two, three. I feel like they might get off the base. Well, no, if they start on first and there's a double play, that's really likely. But also, just what's the point? Like, there is none. That's the thing. Rob Manfred likes to suck games up. Here's here's the other thing. You really think it's going to speed a game up when you're giving both teams the same fucking advantage. It's most of the time this was done last year. It canceled each other out. They both scored a run and they went another extra inning. Like it was just, yeah, but don't they start on second base of the inning after? Yeah, but that's what doesn't make any fucking sense. It just, why it's pointless. We would gone. We would have gone to that next inning anyway. If nobody scored, it's just the, Oh yeah, my dude, God. Extra innings are such a good thing. Like the leadoff, it's like, all right, you got to get a guy on. You got to get yeah. a guy on. Nope. It's, it's now so it's like, oh, you just got to hit a sack better. fly. It's better than you have sex. Can you fucking imagine if in the 2014 wildcard game they just started with a runner on second base? We might not have won that shit. And we would have, I mean, that's the no. crazy shit. And, we, and here's the thing we got that by just getting a hit with the leadoff batter, like every time. Like, that should be the thing. I don't I don't get it. Right. And then it's like it doesn't even it doesn't I will say this. I will, I will say this. Manfred and like he didn't want to do this probably, but they did do something, right? They they're going back to 162 and the playoffs are back to 5 in yeah, each Manfred league. Manfred didn't is, want to do it. He said, "Oh, let's just play, let's just play like 8 months." But he wanted to play 154. What like, the what fuck? The fuck like, what's the point? Do, Rob? What's the, the what's the point of doing that? Eight you games, you cut a week off, like yeah, it's like oh like, Rob, yeah. Do you feel like you accomplished some shit? You cut seven games off? What the fuck, Rob? Yeah, no, and I do like the playoffs going back, even though some people, you know, would be like, "Well, it gives us I a mean, better." I mean, I think the only reason people don't like it in Kansas City is because I feel like that's the only chance the Royals had. But, but I feel, bro, you can't even lie. The no, I agree. I agree. I don't want to see the Marlins in the fucking divisional round. Yeah, the Marlins should not be in the fucking playoffs. No, no offense to them. It's just so, I don't want to see them. Dude, here's the issue with it for me though: the MLB not having a salary cap. Okay creates it to where there is a consistent mix of like four teams but Jackson in each doesn't league believe in God teams that 
that have an insane advantage every year just because they live in a bigger market. I don't get why they shouldn't have to go through a little bit more, a little bit more trials and tribulations in the playoffs to make it through, and it gives the little guy. Do a you guys chance. remember though that like two years back they they had a proposed plan of a reality TV show for the postseason? Yeah, like it was going to be like everyone there, and that they were going to like pick pick opponents. Yeah, as much as I said the Chiefs should have picked opponents. I probably don't. That plan God, for baseball, dude. If that, not if that plan happened, no. I would go watch Korean baseball, and I would give up on MLB. They were just reaching for ways to like make the game marketable, and it's like, and you know what? You, you know what? They no did? one wants to watch this. They, like they wanted to make a reality. You know what makes the game unmarketable? They wanted to get a reality TV show so more people watch the show. But instead, two years later, they make balls heavier, and now people probably won't watch it because you can't watch uh, your fucking favorite player, Aaron Judge, hit a 500 foot bomb. I don't know. Okay, but MLB, I don't know. Here's the thing I'll say about hitting balls and play, making the balls heavier. It's gonna make more balls be hitting the play because people are gonna quit. Trying to just hit a dinger, yeah, they're gonna pitch, quit. It's, which the whole, is seen as making baseball more entertaining. Well, I would rather see. I would rather see a game that has a consistency of doubles, triples, singles, homers than just homers and strikeouts. I think yeah. that's more fun to I mean, watch. Just for my advantage, that anyway. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think. But I say this: um, they also fucked up in the sense that we're we're back to no universal DH. We're yeah, back that, to that, that shit's fucked up. Okay, Look, you say you want so the game to be to more fun. Baseball. You, you say you want the game to be more fun, right? What on God's green fucking earth are you thinking by that? I mean, and it by is kind of funny to watch. It okay, it was funny to like watch Bartolo hit a home run. Yeah, but it's ninety nine percent of the time just fucking oh, miserable. No, it's a hundred. Bartolo's never. It's hit such a, a disadvantage run. to the National League because you just. You're like, oh shit! Like you have to pull up. pitchers oh, early wow. in the sixth inning because they're up. But let's say they're having like ten strikeouts. No, you're coming out because we need a good hitter. It's also could boil back down to fucking uh, extra innings and the guy on second. You really want your pitcher on second base? Really? Shit, you're right. I mean, granted, they were they replaced pitchers a lot in extra innings, but still. Yeah. But what like, if you wanted your what if you wanted your guy to go multiple innings? What if you wanted your guy to go multiple innings? Or what if even worse? Your number eight batter is leading off the inning, and he's on second because the leadoff man has to go second, and you lead off the inning with your pitcher. And I mean, the that, other that, team, can I mean that, that can happen in any regular game. No, but I'm, no, I'm talking about – no, it can't because in extra innings, the guy who leads off the inning is automatically put on second. So it's the next guy that hits. Yeah, Jackson, which would mean the, the ninth hole could lead off any extra innings. I understand that. I'm just saying you're literally – Taking away an at bat from a real position player. Oh, you're talking about that aspect. Yeah, you're taking away an at bat from a position player. But and then there's another advantage: if the ninth hole was going to lead off, and you put him on second, and the number one guy hits, you got a guy on base that would have never been on base in the first place. So it's just ridiculous, in my opinion. All right, look, we've been screaming for a lot. No, I feel like we should probably end it there before someone says. Justifiably so. Before um, someone probably says something. I think that's a great idea. So, yeah, this has been Primetime Kansas City, not presented by 239. What? I hate Miko Hardman more than D Ford. We had a a fan question, by the way. Um, Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, Q39, if you're listening, we still love you. Okay. Yeah, but uh, we have a question. I posted the list of our uh, upcoming free agents, and someone said, let me find their name. question about who who would you want to bring back out of anybody? At Border 80 said, who would be at the top of the list to re-sign? Uh, personally, honestly, I don't think we have that big of a free agent. I'd probably say Anthony Sherman, if I'm being honest. You want or Anthony Byron. Sherman over Sammy? I don't care if Sammy Dude, comes to back. Dude, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'd probably, I'd probably want Breland. I would probably want Breland. It's it's the I'd impending free agents. I think Sorensen. Sorensen is also an yeah, option. Yeah, it's Breland, Sorensen are probably. Ryder's an option as well. Either way. We're fucked. This was our last chance, dude. That's where like, we ended. It. We're it. fucked next year. Well, you see this, actually. Uh, they showed that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes took the exact same trajectory on rookie contracts. Their first year starting, they lost in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Wilson in the divisional round, Mahomes in the conference championship. The next year, they won the Super Bowl. And the third year, they lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. Yep, so they're, what we're fucked. The we're year? fucked. They, Wilson they, they haven't been seven. back. have never been back. All right, that's where yeah. we end it. We end you off on a terrible note. Thanks, Jackson. We'll yep. see you guys on the next next week. We're only, we're back to once a week because the Chiefs fucking suck. But yep. yeah, we'll see we'll see you guys next week. Nah, we would have been once a week anyway. Yeah, John, they don't need to know that. All right, we're back. We have to do a real quick uh, race for the tenth seed. Jackson no. reminded me. Uh, we're back. We're we're recording race for the tenth seed, guys. Sorry. Uh, 
the Kings are in the fucking playoffs. Are they the 10th seed or are in the playoffs? They're the 9th seed. Okay, so they're not in the playoffs. No, they're in the playoffs. Oh. Look, all right. Here's your race for the 10th. We'll make it real quick. Look. Uh, Timberwolves, you're still out. Guitar, they're not going to move. Thunder, Mavericks, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Rock. Oh, shit. The Kings are the 7th seed. Let's fucking go. <laughs> not even a real fan. Bro, no, we were the ninth Where's... seed on Sunday after we won. Yeah, mm. you. Uh, the Clippers are fucked. Yeah, I think Paul George is going to be out for the year. What? What happened to him? Undisclosed foot injury, but the last few times the Clippers have had an undisclosed injury, it's been a three-month or longer injury. All right, but yeah, there's so. the race for the 10th seed. You got the Warriors, Rockets, and the Grizzlies in the hunt for the 10th seed. Um, it should be really interesting to see how this uh, year ends, but we still have until May. So, yeah. Uh, Fuck we're, the NBA. We're just kind of pissed off. So there's your Real really question, quick... No, no, no. Jackson, shut the fuck up. We're done. Wait, fuck let me you, just man. go ahead and say this because this is the way that everything's going because the Chiefs sucking has just made it clear that the Clippers are going to have to do something terrible. Clippers will lose 4-0 in round one wow. to a seven seed. That's wow. just how bad things are. And it'll are. be the Kings. And it'll oh be somebody terrible. Oh, my God. Terrible. If it's the Kings... John. If it's the Kings, I don't think I'm doing this podcast anymore. If it's the Kings, yeah, I seriously think I will I will find some sodium cyanide and inhale as much of it as I possibly can. <laughs> because I really don't think I would know where to go after that. That's fair. If the Kings ever sweep the clip. Alright, that's okay, where we I have a real question, first of all. What the fuck? It's basketball related too. Alright, so shut the fuck up. Um, I'm looking at the schedule and there's nothing after like the first week of March. Are they, yeah, do they not all-star game and that they only did until the first week of March. So they're just going to make up the second half of the schedule. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that's kind of fucked. All right. There's your question. We'll see you guys on the next pe- podcast. Peace.